This is the talk of Music City Real Estate. Welcome back to another episode of the Talk of Music City Real Estate. Where we educate and motivate all things real estate. My name is Monty Moore with Realty One Group Music City. Hey, and I'm Carrie Ann with CMG Financial and my mortgage team. Every week we'll be posting a new episode chock full of Nashville real estate value. Yes, and you can follow along and subscribe at talkmusiccity.com. If you've got a question for us, ask away at questions at talkmusiccity.com. Monty. Carrie Ann, good to see your smiling Look who face is today. Here with us. You guys are all like color coordinated today. This is the this third time. <laughs> in I, two I swear weeks. you call each other in the morning, don't you? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we walked into a listing appointment the other day and we yesterday. Yesterday, the same yeah. thing. Last week. Last week, same thing. You know, thing. Lindsay and I do that all the time. So it, you become one you're so when you're, insane, yeah, when you, you know, when you so uh, work together so closely. So I'm excited so that Blake you're back Johnson. in Blake Johnson, the good to studio see you, with us today, Blake. Yes. Happy to be here. So I asked Blake to join us today, Carrie Ann, because uh, we recently had a situation with a 95-year-old client of, a longtime client of mine. So I, I helped he and his uh, uh, recently deceased wife uh, buy and sell about, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, something like that. And uh, we had a, you know, we had a real uh, tough situation happen because the buyer, <coughs> well, I'll let, I'll let Blake tell the story, but... I think that every agent can benefit by this uh, understanding the story and being prepared for it because we have seen as an industry, we've seen over 40,000 people in the first month of the change of market walk away from their transaction, just Mm -hmm. walk away. And we're hearing things like, well, he's going to share with you about what, you know, lenders are being asked to do to help kill those deals. Mm -hmm. And that breaks my heart you know when especially in this case because you've got a 95 year old man who has totally put his trust in blake and i and you know his wife just died a few months ago and and all this stuff is happening they're trying to sell the place and get rid of stuff and all this stuff you know he's overwhelmed and yet uh, it didn't change the buyer's attitude as far as just flippantly just going to walk away from the whole transaction right or some that makes petty, it very difficult petty it's reason. quite a, an emotional roller coaster oh, i think whether it's in this market or previous markets you know i just mm-hmm. think anytime where you feel confident in the idea that you are selling mm-hmm. all your all your belongings are packed up um, and that was a feat in itself just to do if you've ever gone through that process yeah. um, to then find out maybe it's not closing, um, you know, at, at the last minute. So interesting to hear the story that you've got. Yeah, it, it, it's not like the we're still not completely out of the woods here, but there's a lot of lessons that I think we've learned, um, you know, going into it. You know, we sold the house and ended up having multiple offers on it. Um, the buyer who ended up prevailing was uh, they were with um, one of the. Uh, not so good national lenders and we convinced them um to switch to a local lender which they did they went to a local bank <clears throat> where they the buyer has we been, made that part of the deal we made that sure. part of the deal yeah, we recommended you but I'm, exactly, had, I'm actually glad you didn't you know that they didn't work for us because yeah, well, i wouldn't have provided what what would happen oh boy um and you know they came in with a really kind of asinine number from an earnest money perspective um it was a three hundred thousand dollar purchase they came in i think with like five hundred dollars or maybe a thousand bucks so we made our uh, counter offer contingent on one being able to get approved with a local lender Mm -hmm. um, which they did and increasing their earnest money to at least one percent of their uh the purchase price 
it was just hunky dory. You know, they came in the day before the open house. They came back the day of open house. They wanted this home, mm-hmm. and we ultimately went with this offer, which was about uh, I think it was ten or fifteen thousand dollars less than um, the next offer. Sure, um, because we realized that this was going to be a pretty done deal, at least what we thought. Get about two weeks into the contract, um, they scheduled Home Depot to uh, to get there, meet the seller, and measure for all hardwood. And uh, what we didn't know, unbeknownst to us, was the the buyer also showed up, <clears throat> and um, our seller, being the ninety five year old gentleman that he is, and his, we we say all what Monty just said about the backstory. His wife just passed away, so his wife just passed away, and um, she had hearing aids, and his hearing aids stopped working. So what he started doing, because he thought this is a great idea, was just take her hearing aids and put them in his ears. Well, they don't fit, and they hurt his ears. So oftentimes, he just takes them out and leaves them, leaves them somewhere. Um, so he couldn't hear Home Depot knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't answer the door. He doesn't answer the door, okay. and the buyer gets pissed off. and um, Or upset, either, either <laughs> word. <laughs> or upset. <laughs> Um, but I saw the text messages and I heard the voicemails. This was airing on the side of pissed off. Um, and she, uh, called her agent and she just said, yeah, pretty much, uh, called her agent and said, I don't want this house anymore. And you know, her agent's like, well, I didn't know that she was going to show up. I didn't know she was going to show up if she just were to call me or were to call. So basically she was upset that her schedule was off kilter. Off, off kilter. Sure. She wasn't able to get into the home. Um, okay. But if she would have called either of us, we would have been able to, to get her in the house. So she was using that as an excuse to no longer want to purchase or proceed with the purchase of the home. And it's pulling out all of these reasons as to why she no longer wants to mm-hmm. purchase the home. In the Which we're hearing more and more nowadays, right? There's a lot of emotion in this industry um, right now. So, you know, we're... More multiple reasons of why we're not moving forward right. with contracts so it's because home depot could not get into the home that was is, that was the a reason sur- that was a surface level excuse okay um, i wasn't going to take that for what it was um so immediately i called my attorney and i you know read him through the entire this was we, we were like two or three weeks into it and we we're only about what 10 days or two weeks away from the closing day. right okay. right so we're we're nearing the end um, called my attorney, brought him up to speed, and he said, yeah, this is obviously, for obvious reasons, this isn't grounds um, to terminate a deal. So he put together a letter um, stipulating these are the reasons why you need to proceed with it, and if you don't, these are the damages that you would incur if she chose not to purchase the house, which obviously outweighed the purchase of the house, and we gave her 48 hours to respond, and it was a two-page, um, two-page letter, which anybody reading that would really kind of make you second-guess your choices here. It's a great, um, great letter, but it, it served its purpose. Mm-hmm. So about for, for about 24 hours, almost 48 hours, it was radio silent. You know, we're trying to figure out, okay, well, if she doesn't do this, what do we do? Simultaneously, we're trying to determine, okay, worst case scenario here, we just relist it again. We'll probably sell it for more. Um, in the meantime, of course, our seller has got to make plans. You know, he's he's got things in motion. He's committing to the next place, yeah, which so requires mm-hmm. 50% down. You know, it's a hard date i mean everything's you know in place and not to mention the pressure and so Mm -hmm. forth that that he's starting to feel now because Mm -hmm. we finally did have to we waited a couple days trying to think well she's really going to come around and she didn't and so we had to have a heart to heart with him do you think before i'm going to just backpedal so is it a situation when you're in that placement before calling the attorney and getting letters is there a heart to heart i assume the buyer's agent tried to 
right. work and, yeah. and navigate oh, yeah, through. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, there's triggers, but I don't, there's, that's not the trigger. Well, the, you know, the attorney, not yeah, he, he, he jumped forward a little bit, probably on the attorney part of yeah. it. You know, there, there was efforts made before. Oh, yeah. Efforts, yeah. yeah. The, so the, first start with the effort, please. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The, 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 buyer, the, the buyer's agent called me in, in tears. I mean, this is, um, I hope this is not a reflection of me. I hope it's not a reflection of me. She just. Great, yeah. Because so we want to make sure we not, show both sides let me, of let me, that. Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me digress a little bit. I, I, I don't jump to litigious um, acts like that. There was. getting a little nervous about that. Sorry. Watch out, Karina. Watch out. I'm going to sit um, over here. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Um, no, she, she, she did everything that she possibly could to try and remedy it sure. prior to calling me. Right. And that's what and, great real estate agents do. Right. right. I mean, there's a lot right. of emotion right now in this, in this business. Right. Right. And I mean, even so much like there, there's so much humanity in, in, well, there should be a little more humanity in, in transactions, but in this scenario, it's like, he's 95 years old, right? Come on. Where's your compassion here? Sure. Um, she was even trying to remedy the situation by like he couldn't hear you. Here's a here's the uh, obituary of his dead wife who passed away like l- l- less yeah. than two months ago. Like where where where's your compassion here? So she called me crying, and I'm trying to figure out okay, well what do we do? And immediately I'm like okay, well clearly the buyer's not going to budge, and we can't try to rectify this with just the emotional means. We have to bring in the contract. Okay. Um, she obviously and clearly thought that she could just back away from the, this deal and she well, and then and then the uh, you know the other agents comment about just get a denial letter that didn't help matters anymore. well and that that that's fast forwarding just a little bit we put okay. together we put together a letter the letter was before that I the wasn't le- sure. le- yeah okay. letter was before that um and you know the agent <clears throat> the agent indicated that you know she's just going to get her earnest money back that i was of the opinion that the agent thought that this was still a viable um, excuse to terminate a deal and they were uh, that side of the transaction was still under the impression that okay we're just going to walk away from this get all of our earnest money back and just be happy go lucky okay and so that's when i brought up okay well we'll be having conversations with our attorneys and that kind of s- stunted her just a little bit so we had the the letter written the letter was delivered um that was a wednesday we gave her till friday at 5 p.m to respond um and it was radio silence like we just we couldn't get okay. couldn't get a hold of the buyer so we're trying to figure out um what's the next step because obviously worst case we're just going to relist it and sure um but one thing that the attorney referenced is like even if they, he were to relist it contract with 300 the original contract was 300,000 he relisted it and let's say we sold it for 100,000 that difference is still technically considered damages against and I'm a, in no way a lawyer this is just what lawyers have told me um, that right. difference is still considered damages that can be collected from the original buyer. Okay. So it's not just as easy as backing away from a transaction. So finally, um, there was a text that was exchanged from the buyer to the buyer's agent, which gave us the real reason why she didn't want to purchase the house. In her mind, she thought that the market has totally cooled. Um, she was going to be purchasing the house, uh, the, the condo with a HELOC out of her existing house. And she thinks that because it has cooled, she can no longer qualify for a HELOC. She can no longer take that HELOC and purchase this condo. So she's making all these assumptions, right? All throughout this process, <clears throat> all throughout this process, the local bank has been initiating whatever the, whatever it took to get the HELOC, you know, sending out the appraisals. And what we later learned is that she was kind of either they didn't have the number right or she was kind of dodging the local bank like 
I would venture to say there's maybe a little bit of a um, premeditated, like maybe she bought it and immediately had some kind of buyer's remorse. Sure. Right. Um, but nonetheless, the letter ended up working. So she told us that, you know, hey, I, I just don't think that um, I can afford the house anymore. Back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth. But, you know, the letter prevailed. She ended up purchasing the house. We had a inside track. Or, well, purchasing the house, move forward with it. But the, the, the part that I really wanted to bring up, especially with you, Carrie Ann, is <clears throat> when that buyer sent the, the, the deck saying, I can no longer afford this house, I can no longer purchase this house, the buyer's agent immediately within seconds said, well, all you need to do is just call your, call your lender and get them to, to issue a letter of denial or mm-hmm. whatever, just deny you. Um, and obviously that was concerning for, for more reasons than not, you know, up until this point, we've, we had an inside track with, uh, the, the local bank. We knew the representatives who were approving. We knew the representatives who were underwriting. We knew all of those people. So up until this point, everything's been approved and we trust the people on the inside at the Mm -hmm. bank. So there's a privacy act, though, so we need to follow suit with that. Right. Yeah. Well, right. No, no information was. was yeah, we, we just, just want to make sure we're, yeah, we're sure, following yeah. suit with all yeah, of just, all the just, legal yeah, pieces. Just, knew, just, just checks and balances. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no details were exchanged, but you know that that was that was the concerning aspect of okay. Not only is the the buyer obligated to purchase the house per the contract that she signed and she executed, but now the agent is trying to act in the quote-unquote best interest of her client who's now determining okay well i can't i can no longer afford this house how do i act that you know how do i how do i get out of it? how do i get out yeah, of it she's so like, well, just get your lender to issue a letter sure. of denial and i think that's so, really yeah. important to know because you know there is comfort there's affordability or comfort um and then there's approval there's two different things right and so mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we understand that they can be approved but just not comfortable for the approval right and so it's important that when you are working with a lender and or a listing agent that you do review the document that you received, right? A pre-qual versus a pre-approval versus an underwriting approval, right? If I was a real estate agent, I would work really hard to get that underwriting approval. And then I would understand the true stipulations because a pre-approval has a lot of stipulations um, and a pre-qualifications has even more stipulations, which means possibly those two can easily be thrown out, you know, Um, and a denial can be issued. But, Yes, we as lenders do have a license just like real estate agents, and we should not ever create something that is not a truthful document. I right. think that's where you were headed that's with, with, exactly the, with the document. Again, a client doesn't feel comfortable does not mean that they're not approved for the have loan. Have you ever been asked that question? Multiple times, yeah, multiple times. And So how do you answer it? Well, because I stand straight in as a professional within the my question career. I'm, I'm referring to, the question I'm referring to is what happened in this situation where the lender is being asked to deny somebody that's been approved. Mm-hmm. And there isn't new information that has changed their ability. Uh, it's just circumstances that now have changed their heart. And so that's what I want to make sure people understand that there's been a lot of this happening is why we really needed to, to address it as an industry. And we need to be mindful of that happening and do a few things along the way. One of them, of course, always make sure that you're connected to a quality lender. We don't have to worry about that because in my opinion, and I know this is not what everybody's is, but if, if your lender is willing to do that, 
then I'd really question, you know, the integrity of that lender. No right. offense to anybody using a lender like that or whatever. I get it, your buddies and all this stuff, and your buddy's going to help somebody out. I get that, but to, to not give consideration to the lives involved that are going to be affected by that decision, it feels like, to me, it feels like you're just flipping your, I'm speaking from the mortgage person's standpoint, you're just flipping your your uh, reputation that it doesn't mean anything. You yeah, know? I think it's, it's one license is not more important than the other. We all right. have state licenses, um, so it's really important that we follow through with that. Somebody that is younger and doesn't understand that, when I say younger, as in younger in their profession, right. um, and doesn't understand that, and they think they have years to go within their in their profession, may possibly say, oh, you need, is that going to help you? Oh, I need your business, right. so I'm going to prepare that, you know, denial letter um, and find a reason to deny, right? right. They didn't provide a bank statement or they didn't provide that and so again is that walking in the gray area absolutely we'll we'll share a lot of people you know reach out to me to do the eight-day closing and so i I remind people that you come to me to create solutions you come to me to find approvals Mm -hmm. so i do approve i can't then just deny right Mm -hmm. you need to then go back to the previous lender that issued the denial because i'm not that individual um, but it is important to, to know. Now, I was once on the flip side. I was a seller who not only um, as a lender within the profession that I'm in uh, was also a seller. So I said, I want a commitment letter 10 days after contract. So I want to know that this is a done deal. Um, I as the seller, because I'm not going to move um, all of the furniture, et cetera, et cetera, um, out. And so that happened. And there is there was talks just like you there was too much talking too many people knew that somebody could pay cash for this this property all the things right um and we then um two days before closing or hours before closing i can't remember we get a denial letter okay after i moved all the furniture out and so i as somebody that felt like i wanted to stand up for all sellers um decided that i was going to hold the earnest money and it was $10,000. Um, and I was going to stand stand strong. And I feel like I was going to make a point. Whether my point was, I as a seller prevail or I as a seller um, don't you know, win this situation. We're going on three years of back and forth. And this very wealthy person will not stand down and or stop the fight to a point where they canceled one law firm to open up another and it's continuing to continue Um, and we've gone through where they take your testimony all the all the things at the end of the day what i realized through this transaction is a lot of attorneys don't understand all that goes on with getting a, a mortgage all that goes on they just know that you were approved and you were denied Right. Um, And I'd like to I wanted to say, show me proof, you know, and I don't know if you can do that or how it all works um, in the transaction. But I think the lesson of what we're trying to say is there people the rates are moving on a regular basis. A movement of a rate a could kick you out of qualification, which could kick you into a denial. So if you are a listing agent, I would go back to asking that lender not only for a true approval letter, right, with minimal conditions, so you know that it's all just waiting on the appraisal, but also confirm that that loan has been locked, right, so that you know that that approval is on a locked transaction, because THDA just raised the rate another quarter today. The market is shifting. You know, we're probably going to see more movement, which means that if they were talking to lender A, who got them pre-approved 30 days ago, the whole landscape of what it's looking like today is totally different. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, they were super excited Mm -hmm. on a price point 
point of 800,000, but they may not be comfortable paying 800,000 now on today's interest rates, right? Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that you kind of double check through that. And also nobody take advantage of anybody within uh, the professions that we are in. We're all licensed, you know, and so we should not be falsifying any documentation. If it's a denied loan, then let it be a denied loan and be stern in that. Now I say I can send you a withdrawal letter that they withdraw their application, but that just means nothing, right? I mean, if you read it, it doesn't really mean much. So uh, we've been asked multiple times as a manager and as a leader of a, um, a large group of loan officers, they're asked on a regular basis and they call me so for to get guidance on what to do. And here's the deal. I can't send you a denial letter and then you go find another house and then I approve you. So if you get denied yeah. for financing, you're not going to be approved, please, you know, down me, the street uh, or or just in a week from now, you know, that kind please, of thing. Please, so. I'm begging you, okay, to my real estate uh, peers out there, I'm begging you. Mm-hmm. Our reputation on this kind of stuff is being affected, okay, either right or wrong. You know, whenever whenever I try to whenever I do a transaction with somebody, I said, look, Billy Bob, I know that you are representing your client. I'm representing mine, but let's do something even greater than that for everybody's sake, let's represent the integrity of the entire transaction so that everybody walks away feeling like a winner. Because our our reputation as an industry has been damaged over the decades. And that's why we see the uh, iBuyers, that's why we see these other institutions coming to town, taking a big portion of our business because we've allowed the consumer to feel like they overpaid for a bad experience. Mm-hmm. That breaks my heart. And it's it's these little things like this situation right now of, well, all they gotta do is get a denial letter and having that kind of flippant attitude. Damn it, yeah. I don't I don't wanna ever be guilty of something. I know I know we're people pleasers, I get that. Yep. And we're connecting with our, our our clients and we're gonna be their hero. And I'm you know, Blake mm-hmm. and I are working with one right now that trying to get the yard done, trying to get the windows done, and the guy's totally dependent on everything that we do, and we're trying to be his hero. I get that, but let's be the hero of the transaction mm-hmm. so that we're not hurting our reputation because of the future of our industry. Right. Look, guys, I've got 30, almost 39 years of doing this. I'm concerned about the future if we all don't step up and do the next right thing. It's not complicated. Let's do the next right thing the next right thing isn't flippantly killing a deal and not considering the aftermath for the other side of that transaction, mm-hmm. okay? And I was really proud of a, another transaction that happened where I was not party of it, but I was leading the loan officer and getting guidance, and they wanted a denial letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shared that we cannot issue that because they are not denied. And so that was communicated to the buyer's agent. This was the buyer. Um, and the buyer stood strong, you know, in in understanding that that couldn't be the case. And so they shared other ways to possibly get out and or just he was so determined to get his earnest money back that he then got an attorney to fight the buyer's agent and the lender to say that you do deserve to give me this denial letter. And she lost that transaction. The lender, right, the loan officer ended up losing that relationship. But my thoughts were, let, I, we even offered to say the earnest money was $5,000. I cannot issue a denial letter, but I will give you $2,500 as a credit towards your next purchase because we knew that they wanted to purchase. So we were trying to make all right. the things wow. to try to make wow. men's wow. and it ended up blowing up because of um, the determination of one 
wanting um, that to be denied and to get the full $5,000 back. And so there's a lot of emotions that go within these contracts. But again, these are contracts. A lot of people write contracts. We, you ask us to click a bunch of buttons, right? It's now E, it's just E signed. It's a bunch of buttons. I think it's, it's been so easy for us to sign documents now versus sitting down back in the day. Remember, remember, not so much you remember back in the day, <laughs> but I mean, we would sit down and I would have loan documents. It would be 25 pages of yeah. ink signed documents yeah. that we would need. That makes you feel more committed Absolutely. right, and more official Absolutely. when we had to sign those contracts. Now they're just clicking. And I don't know if we really truly understand as buyers, the true commitment that we are doing. Right. Um, and I think that's important that we educate the buyers mm-hmm. um, and also educate that we can't just create a denial letter and so on my transaction they got denied and then 30 days later ish they bought $25,000 less and they were approved for that but not approved for my house so you know it's one of those situations where when you're at a certain price point $25,000 doesn't move the needle enough to say you're approved or denied right and so you know that that was not true but what I realized through the process of me standing up for our real estate community for the seller um, is that it's it's a it's a tough run it's a tough it's a tough battle there um, out there with the contracts that how they're written today I think I think it's really important. Also, you said mention you know to help manage the expectations of the buyer in that process that you're making a commitment. I think it's really also equally, if not more so, important to help the seller manage their expectations. Sure, yeah. Because one of my biggest gripes about our trans our our, uh, our tar forms our contract is that it's written in the benefit of the buyer, mm-hmm. not not the seller. And damn it, if you've ever sat around a closing table, the and the buyers, uh, uh, the uh, seller is sitting here, and the moving truck is in the dr- in the parking lot out here, and the attorneys got up for a minute and came back in and said to your clients, your sellers, say, "I'm sorry, but the loan was just denied," and they were there at the closing table. When you experience something like that, and the heartbreak of them knowing now they've got to go move their mm-hmm. stuff back in there and and then and, and lose their the dream mm-hmm. home and all if you ever experienced that one time you'll remember that you know there is two sides to this story mm-hmm. okay and yeah. so often so many folks out there especially the newer ones have only worked with the buyer side they haven't seen the aftermath of a deal gone south you know at the last hour like that for the seller and the heartache there mm-hmm. i think you the know? other part is it's so it you know as as lenders we want to work on giving you quality information, true information. So if the loan is approved, I want to be a woman of my word and follow that through, right? Absolutely. Um, But so if they were truly denied, you know, it's because the lender, something happened there. But if it was a falsified denial, that's what makes it even worse. So we just need to stay true to our words Mm -hmm. um, and really double check ourselves. You know, it is Mm -hmm. okay for you as a listing agent and as a buyer's agent to ask more questions. I find it quite interesting that more people don't ask me more questions. More agents don't ask me more questions. They take what is said to be true on this piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? And um, you can ask a few more questions to know um, if they've done all the verifications, you know, on a on a government loan, if they've locked a loan. These are not Privacy Act questions or yes or no questions. You're not digging into things a little too deep, um, which will really give you the the, the confidence uh, in, in regard to that transaction. So, so yeah. Blake, I appreciate you sharing yeah. you know, the story. And I think it's a reminder for all of us that we need to have a go-to attorney, not to, to jump out of the box on the attorney, 
but when the when you try the the conversation and so forth that that the buyer is then reminded by something maybe a little more influential than our pleading you know that hey you made it you made a commitment here right you made a commitment the last thing you need to be doing right now with that commitment as you're trying to weasel out of it is get your damn earnest money back that's not fair i mean when i see these offers written by agents who say well we want to make it contingent upon the sale of this home and and if it doesn't sell in time then the clients should the buyers get their earnest money back well the sellers are sitting there with their you know teeth hanging out i mean come on there's no ramifications of the buyers right. fulfill the the obligation or not and and the seller should inherit all the risk that's not fair come on remember guys win-win let's work towards win-win shall we yes good stuff Thanks, everybody. Good stuff. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Telco Music City Real Estate.